0: Anchor FM, this is Etch the Edges. Well, we climb the steep cliffs of the divide, the issues that separate us from the right and the left, and we do the hard work of closing that divide. Find the common ground we know we all share. Hi, I'm B.S. Brown, your host, and together we will etch the edges. America has often been at the crossroads, and yet here we are again. What do we do? And how do we do it? Together, Let's get into it. Our purpose, to do the work. To truly peel away at the extremes, for it's the extremes, the extremes that divide us. The tail is wagging the dog. Small groups of people with outsized voices are commanding the stage and the rest of us, well, the rest of us suffer for it. It's time for all that to change. Let's lean into discomfort. Let's have the hard conversations And together, let's Etch the Edges. Welcome back to Etch the Edges with our good friend today, Dennis Mercon. The last time Dennis was on, we talked about the voyage from the right to the left and the need to understand that in these challenging times. Well, since Dennis was last on with us, ain't much changed, <laughs> the times are still challenging, same guy still in the White House, we've got an election coming up and you know, we wanna to continue to highlight that and talk about that because you know, we really do feel we're, we're, we're at a tipping point, you know, this is, we're hoping it's an inflection point in that the direction will change, but that only happens if we talk the topics, do our best to close the divide and, and lean into the discomfort. And so today, Dennis and I are gonna lean into this discomfort a little bit and talk across the divide, even as thankfully the divide between us is like non-existent. That's what we would <laughs> love for all of America to be, but you know we'll talk it out and let we'll folks comment on it. But our topic today is the well-known, notorious RBG. The venerable, honorable Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg is passed from this earth. And Lord knows she hung on for as long as she could. Um, God
1: bless her, she tried.
0: <laughs> God bless her, Then she tried. And, uh, and, and well, we, we, we are where we are now. So, and that's how we're gonna lead in. And you know, we're gonna toss the topic on the table. And Dennis, I'm just gonna pass the baton right to you, brother, because you know, we keep it real fresh and easy here. And you know, this isn't no highfalutin show or nothing like that. We just keep it real, right? So, yep, man, yep. what are your thoughts? Where are we on Whew. this fine Monday?
1: You know, I think as we lean into these conversations, I think one of the oft-overlooked um, topics in this country is is the Supreme Court of the United States and, and the the power that they wield um, and the influence that that they have. And you know, ultimately, I believe that you know the law wins and the and the foundational document of the Constitution is right and and is and it may not be a perfect document, but but it tries. And I worry that this country as as I've gotten older and time has gone on that it there is more you know politicking on the bench now than there really is interest in what what's the law of the land and and, and when you know Ruth passed I mean we all knew that you know some of those justices are getting older and 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 the as the bench turns this political divide that we talk about is that this is where it's really going to show itself i think a lot more than even in the who's who's sitting in the white house so you know with ruth you know um she was the 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 liberal um arm of, of the of the supreme court and and she was a leader in that area and now with trump seemingly having the right to pick who who replaces her it's going to get interesting i've seen some names and i don't know these folks i don't i don't follow the legal channel that closely but i mean i've read on a few of the names that he's interested in and um it's going to be interesting it's going to be be interesting yeah
0: i mean i i I, you know we can't lie about it it's going to be interesting as hell right and we know where he's going you know he's he's put the thing out there i'm like you i haven't researched that list that he put out, but you know, he's made no bones about where he wants to go with this. You know, the Affordable Care Act. He wants to destroy that. Obamacare yeah. is anathema to him. Any anything Obama's done to him is just pure evil when, you know, he's walking around
1: mm-hmm. in an evil incarnate. Anyway, whether it is or not, it, it, is, it is right. Is not, yeah, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter.
0: And on the term of the, the the topic of justice, you know, he's made a commitment to his base and you know, the evangelicals and, you know, it doesn't matter to him if Roe versus Wade is overturned, he stacked the courts, he's brought in incompetence and at the level of a Supreme Court person, I think he will bring someone with some legal standing and a background, but you know, the commitment would be that when the votes come up, he's got the court stacked in his favor.
1: Well, there's a part of me that again, like I believe in the foundation of you know the constitution and and the structure of government that our founders put in place and you know we're, we're far from a perfect union but as time has gone on i i think a lot of republicans that i know are pretty disappointed with brett kavanaugh <clears throat> um and you know again i don't follow day in and day out dealings of the supreme court and and rulings that they make I mean, i'm aware of some of the higher level cases and how they've ruled lately um, you know, things I might pick up on mainstream media or fake news. <laughs> um, but uh, in general, the the sentiment that I've gotten casually is that they've been pretty disappointed in Brett in Brett Kavanaugh and some of the rulings he's made, I believe, you know, I, I think he had something to do with one of the Obamacare rulings. Um, and I look at that and there's a part of me that just says, the Constitution wins, right? Like, like, somebody as conservative as Brett Kavanaugh was believed to have been when he was appointed, he hasn't voted in alignment with conservative philosophies. And that's where I say, I think some disappointment has come with, you know, the, the, the Republic, the, the right wing, if you will, that they don't, they're not a fan, you know, and, and, and he's not doing what he's there to do. And, you know, do I'd you mean argue. Brent, he's, he,
0: do you mean Brett or do we mean, um, Roberts
1: and, well, I think Roberts and Brett have had yeah, moments yeah. Um, where, you know, they're both appointed by, you know, conservatives. Um, conservatives, and they haven't always voted conservative. And and where I fall back on that is, well, they've they've voted with with the law. Right. Like, that's my opinion. I mean, I'm sure people yeah. argue that. But again, we talked a little bit last time and you, you hit the nail on the head. I, I think there's two challenges coming up. There is this vitriol with, you know, Obamacare. And that is such a political hot button that, that it's a tough one. And then, and then, which I don't want to get into, but then the abortion one, right? Like, and, and the challenge of that one is, is, is there is no middle ground, right? Like, and, and so that's, that's such a tough one. And, and depending upon what your belief system aligns with in terms of, you know, when, when a life is a life, and things of that nature, like there's not a place to meet in the middle ground on that. So, if you are pro-choice, um, that Roe v. Wade and and some of the you know um, some of these cases are are certainly in jeopardy if a conservative judge is going to take that. I think the bigger, the, the bigger topic, more interesting thing is, is this precedent lately about should a president get to a point a Supreme Court justice if we are in an election year, right? Yeah. I famously remember President Obama not getting his nomination, right? Because he was a lame duck president who was in the last year of his term, and it should be allowed to that, that the next president should get to pick, and the conservative wing won that battle. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are famously clips out there on the internet now of, of Lindsey Graham and some other <laughs> some other prominent um, congressmen and senators uh, basically saying that when it was Obama's turn, actually Lindsey Graham has actually said that you know it, you can use my words against me if if the 2016 president you know in the last year yeah. of his first term you know. And, and that's where we are. And, and Lindsey Graham has already flipped his position and that you know, <laughs> president Trump gets to pay. And, and look, so this is where I fall back on the, I, I believe in the system that we have, I believe in the three, three branches of government, the constitution, what we've established. And the reality is as much as it, it chagrins me, the reality is, is that president Trump has the right to appoint this judge. You goddamn right. Now, somebody said to me once, what is legal isn't necessarily ethical and what is ethical isn't necessarily legal right and i think that you start to lean into that debate right like yeah. but should think it's, we... it's ethical too it's legal it's ethical the question is does ethic ethics equal morality
0: is it yeah. the right thing to do
1: and do you write
0: about being a hypocrite
1: yeah and, and i think one of the interesting conversations with, which in part of me does believe that this is a, a strategic uh, play on the Democrat side, and 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 it, it's very rare that you have a play in long-established governments like the U.S. Congress, the executive branch, and yeah. you know the supreme, the judicial branch. But that is um, the number of justices that we should have. Yeah, right? and nuclear and, and, option. And
0: Here
1: we go. Yeah, and you're right. It's kind of nuclear option, and, and but I, I I do think uh, it, it's a debate or it's a discussion worth having, right? Like, it's a like generally speaking, a lot of Fortune 500 companies, a lot of smaller companies have rules that their boards have to be odd numbers of people, right? So you can't have a tie, right? Yeah. Um, and and again, I I'm the last person to second guess decisions made by um, you know the founding fathers, and 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 because this document has seemed to to hold up over time, mm-hmm. um, and and it's it stood a lot of tests through through the years, but the logic of of, and again, I'm not even familiar with the entire history, I I don't know how many justices we originally had. You know, again, I'm not, I'm not a, I like history, but I'm not a historian. So I don't know
0: the whole backstory. We're we're regular people, we know that. Right, right. You know, know the same thing I do, Dennis, that at one time it was bigger. I think, I think actually under FD, they made it smaller. Um, I'm not sure, Um, and well, there you have it
1: you know but 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 i think it i think at the end of the day it's a worthy topic to say should it always be an even number of justices right so then you could take it one of two ways do we um create a ninth bench position or do we not replace ruth and leave it at seven right like those are kind of your your options that are out there but i I just think it's interesting that we wound up here Um, it's 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 interesting it's
0: powerful so a couple of things right right in line with what you said so you know i have i've said many times to people and you you know, i talked about this before too well before i started this podcast thing i think you know the, the the constitution is a sacred document you know um of course you know there's a part of it that i don't like
1: absolutely <laughs> absolutely
0: the thing about it though and i actually it was funny on on the on the fb page one guy was pestering me about explaining what i'm talking about when i say the american ideal and you know i was like well you know you go do your goddamn homework figure it out
1: you know um
0: i I know you're trying to solicit an opinion that i have and antagonize me and try to quote unquote trigger a so-called liberal i'm not a liberal i'm not a conservative i just about labels but my whole point is that the document is sacred because it stands the test of time and it speaks to an ideal Right. of what good government can and perhaps should look like.
1: And just to clarify that's that's my position on the document. Yeah. The document's far from a perfect fr- from a perfect document, you know, going back to you know the onset of not everybody was counted as a, a full right. person good and person. You, all, right, all of those things, right? Um so it's certainly not a perfect document, but it, the way the government is structured and built and the checks and balances that it has and that no one body if you will can wield ultimate power yeah. and things of that nature like it, 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 it there's no way that the founding fathers could have predicted things this far into the future right yet that document has has stood pretty as as was <laughs> you know yeah. at least at least at at least its pillars and its foundation through hundreds of years at this point um, and, and I think that's that's pretty amazing and and pretty powerful and and it's a living breathing document. Like it I it has totally withstood, it has withstood challenges. It it has righted wrongs. Right. right. It, it it it's it's structured in such a way that that, in that sense, we're working to create a more perfect union, if you will. Right. Always. So, always.
0: I, speaks, you know that, that debate between uh, uh, Ginsburg and and and, and Scalia. Uh, on on constructionist mm-hmm. versus uh, the living document. I've yep. always come down on the side of what you just said. I mean, just by the fact that you had amendments, the, yep. the document is- And living. take them away.
1: And take yeah, them away, know, right?
0: It, it keeps changing and it has to adjust to the circumstances and difficulties of a given era.
1: Well, and on on, on, right now. on that Obamacare topic, I was talking to my daughter. She's 18 and she's starting to 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 become active in, in politics. And, and we were talking about Ruth yesterday briefly and we- and what I gleaned from my daughter is that one of the things that's really, really important to her is um, healthcare. Um, and and again, she's of two divorced parents. So I don't know, she's always had healthcare. So I I don't know where her position is rooted in, but um, she certainly believes that healthcare is a human right. And, and, and I'm glad to hear that her generation is seeing things that way, because I think the old guard, um that wants to abolish obamacare and, and wants to keep the system in some way shape or form as is this younger generation this up and coming generation doesn't feel that way they believe using my daughter as a, as a litmus test so to speak that you know she believes her friends believe they believe that in in a world today where health care um, exists we can cure so many things that 10 20 100 years ago were death sentences to people that it's, it's beyond her to believe that there are people in this country and on this planet that don't have access to this medical care simply because they can't pay for it or they can't, and again, I get it, capitalism reigns and capitalism is a beautiful thing and I believe in capitalism, but there's gotta be a balance, You know, we've gotta start seeing healthcare and the health of human beings as more than just an economic engine to create wealth. and it sounds like from what my daughter's telling me that her generation is very much on board with that belief system and and she shakes her head at anybody that that wonders um why why aren't we moving towards in her opinion um you know a a socialist medical system really (laughs) this is where you get into like the aoc conversations and things of that nature but in general i think that is one big area that if you wanted to make a specific topic, the Constitution misses, right? And But I also believe that because where was the state of medical care and medicine in the late 1700s, right? It was virtually non-existent, right? So to me, that's the one real prevalent example in society today that the Constitution is just, it's a complete miss on, right? Like there's not much mention of Health care. I mean, not health. Of course, health care didn't exist at all. But just health rights and things of that nature. Now we could glean generalizations in the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. You know, um, and say, the well, of happiness? right, exactly, right. So you know, you could we could insert the word health to that, right? Like in order to in order to be able to pursue life, liberty, and pursuit, of happiness, you got to yeah, be healthy, yeah. right? Like you yeah. got to be at least you got to be alive. You got to breathe, right? <laughs> and and back then there was no. I mean, back then I mean medicine. I mean, I know today, medical technology today is is so great, you know, and and when we go into hospitals and the things that they do, whether it's for athletes that that tear MCLs, PCLs, ACLs, whatever it is, or even the things we do with cancer and the, you know, the simple things that killed people years ago, your appendix rupturing, you know, before the discovery of penicillin, you know, strep throat was a death sentence, you know. It's amazing how far medicine has come and it's, and I can't fathom where medicine will be, you know, 50, a hundred years from now. And to me, it's time to start having an even broader conversation than just a healthcare law and start having the living, breathing document piece of, you know, should healthcare be, you know, a human right that is protected, um, you know, in the most important document in this world. And I'd never really thought about that way until I talked to my daughter yesterday. And, That's
0: powerful. That's powerful. Yeah. Um, a member of generation z
1: z like She is 18 generation. she is generation z <laughs> yeah
0: they, they are generation now and these are the discussions that they're going to have to have and you know they like you said they 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 are not like the millennials they are not uh, they are pragmatic they are focused they have opinions they base you know them on that facts, they do and yep. they seem to be very very much wed to action so we're gonna, we got more interesting times uh, coming up. But like you said, to the point of what the next justice in that court will have to address, I totally agree with you. That, that's part of the, what I guess is the most scintillating, hatefully juiciest piece of the conversation, right? You know, you've got, you've got these, these senators who, and they've revealed themselves, right? Mm-hmm. And at one point they said, you know, it's an election year. And we need to, you know, we need to make sure we wait for the next president to put that choice down. The Constitution says the president has the right to move on, whoever he wants to move on. And Obama wanted to do that with Merritt Garland. And McConnell was very vocal. He said, not on my watch. Yep. And he held that line. Now, here we are in 2020 in the same conversation. Comes
1: around. Rolls of reverse, kind of though, haven't they? Absolutely. <laughs> but the the, 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 the common denominator, the common denominator is the senators. The Senate is still in power, right? Exactly. It's still. It, we're still that's living in Mitch's world. A, we're still piece living
0: piece in. Is, yes, Mitch is very, very clear, and this <laughs> is why. And, and this goes to something else that we we've talked about before. Before Dennis, you know, um and I think we want we got to come back and do a whole show on that. It, it goes to the propaganda war, the messaging the failing of the left and the Democratic Party to understand the constituency. You've got a whole bunch of people out here that see what Mitch McConnell is doing, and there are these folks that are complaining about him being a hypocrite. you got to ask, does Mitch McConnell give a damn? Nope. You're you know, you, neither, you, Donald,
1: neither does Donald Trump. Yeah,
0: Donald, <laughs> like, yeah give me a point. Look, I won. he said today, I won. I have the right to choose come Friday or Saturday. I'm picking somebody. Mitch Mitch spoke before he did. Mitch said, we're going to bring the vote to the floor. And the people are like, well, well, what what about what you said before? And he's like, well, what about it? You know, I got the stick. You know, the gavel is mine. I give a damn. And that should tell a whole bunch of Americans who keep looking for equity and reciprocity and fairness that power.
1: Well, you know, to me, Derek, the elephant in the room that nobody likes to talk about or nobody likes to lean into, it, there's there's two pieces that, that we should talk about at some point, and there's shows in and of themselves. One is term limits, and two is gerrymandering. Yeah. Um, if, if, if people really understood the politics of drawing lines, elect, election lines, um, that this country has been gerrymandering, voting districts since the beginning of the country essentially. And in a lot of ways it's gotten worse and it's gotten blatantly worse. Late. Um, and, and people just aren't paying attention and look, I will, I will put it out there. I've told you before that part of the conversation is people like me that have my opinions should, should not mince words and not, um, not sugarcoat things. Yeah. Those decisions and those lines are being drawn on economic, and racial divides (laughs) plain and simple Um, and if you think otherwise you just you flat out aren't paying attention Um, those congressional lines that are being gerrymandered and drawn are are the the fixes in that the system is being fixed to ensure a certain balance of power is maintained and that balance of power isn't a 50 50 you know makeup of the country I became familiar with gerrymandering in Louisiana, where there was a famously a district, a congressional district drawn in Louisiana, that snaked from the northern part of the state. It slived, it slivered into the middle of the state. It it widened and and like cut county or parrot. We call them parishes in Louisiana. Cut parishes in half, snake to the bottom, um, and and it, it was done in that in this case so there there, there's an argument both ways that it was actually gerrymandered to benefit the democratic party um and again i was young when all this was going on although i do remember it went all the way to supreme court and it was shot down but for me being a a part of my daughter's age i was probably you know late teens when this was going on i started to pay more attention to how like how how are congressional districts drawn like how do those things happen right what why are these things these this way you know and yeah and uh it's it's like opening the curtain behind the (laughs) and seeing the wizard of oz right he's in there and he's
0: he's working it
1: to your point
0: we've got to do a lot more of that we've got to lean into it and discuss it because it all builds up and aggregates to these big decisions mitch has the power he has to your point because of activities just like that lindsey graham (laughs) continues to remain in power one of the blackest states in the country, and he does this despite what his constituency looks like or what they may want.
1: So, and so, it's a
0: fascinating so, thing to understand and see.
1: So, to be clear, and I know this probably isn't relevant to to your listening audience, um, and maybe it is. The single most important thing you can do is vote. <clears throat> there, there is. Nothing more important and it is a travesty that people in this country, regardless of their social economic background, believe their vote doesn't count. So let's get that
0: before you go further. Let's get up. that and fix that one right now, right? Because that was that, you know, at the heart, that's the point and in in, in in drive the podcast and the close of the divide. You know, we've got folks like Ice Cube out there talking about whatever the hell he's talking about, holding hostage and <laughs> reading is fundamental you know you got to go out there and see that the man put together a platform or these folks these black folks who are saying i'm not going to vote because i don't like to your point the most important damn thing you can do is exercise the franchise. and i've I've gone past telling people to exercise the franchise because your 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 great-granddaddy got shot trying to vote or because we were done wrong or because you know, we are descendants of the emancipated, and slavery was just so wrong, and now that we've got this, it's our duty. Look, you know, I'll, I'll ask you this now, I still love to say those things because they're relevant. but I'll they're put relevant. it like this, be selfish. You wanna right. vote, goddammit, because you wanna make sure that the road outside your house is
1: paved. Right. You wanna right. vote.
0: Because you want to make sure that the local yeah. prosecutor doesn't so, stop their ass right. down the street and send you straight to the gas station.
1: So that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> yeah, is that whole nother. That, that, to, and, and you're right. I, I'd like to clarify my statement, Judge. <laughs> um, <laughs> you should vote in every election. Every last one. And, and, and to your point, some of the most meaningful elections to you are for your county commissioner are for your city councilmen are for your school board um you know administrators those and then to your point your local judges yes. right because the these the systemic racism problem and i think it's not just racist i do think it's racism but i also think i also think it's economics right like right. like what, whether you're white or black the the system is built to work against poor people yes. um i'm not one of these i'm not i'm not one of these people that believes i believe i'll go trump here for it i believe in law and order i believe society has to be a lawful society that abides by a set of laws right those laws have to be just and they have to be fair and they have to be equitable and more than that those laws have to be enforced fairly and equitably and that's where the breakdown happens and if you think there's not racist judges sitting on benches or there's not judges sitting in their ivory tower that just regardless of what color you are, believe that they're better than you because they're more educated than you because they have more money than you, whatever it is. Spend 15 minutes on YouTube, Googling these judges that get pulled over by the police department and immediately start threatening police officers that I'm judge. So and so get back in your damn patrol car. I'm going on my way. If you don't think that power isn't a driver of this, you're again, you aren't paying attention. I, it. Let me tell you a quick story and feel free to edit this out. <laughs> the, the very beginning of me starting to question my political beliefs. I lived in Phoenix, Arizona, Sheriff Joe. Everybody's familiar with Sheriff Joe, right? Ooh. Tent city, uh, you know, pink and white stripes and you had well, to pedal power, pe- pedal, pedal power for your TV. Right. If you're not <laughs> familiar with that, go Google that. That was a good one. You had to, you had to pedal on a stationary bike to power the tent. Um, <clears throat> anyway. Long story short, I get pulled over by one of Sheriff Joe's finest and I was pulled over for uh, an expired tag. And there's a whole backstory um, related to why my tag was expired. It was long story, but long as short, long and the version was I owned it. I was prepared to pay my restitution for the mistake I'd made. I I resolved the issue but I still had to go appear in court, <clears throat> not appear in court, I just had to go pay the fine. Right, right. So I'm on my way to work one day, and this was a day that the fine was due. So I get to the courthouse, Sheriff Joe's courthouse at eight o'clock in the morning, walk up to the um, counter to pay the fine. I had called, I knew how much the fine was, so I had my money order or whatever, because I don't think you could pay with a credit card or whatever, because again, they make it difficult, right? So. I have my money order, which usually you get a money order. You got to have a bank account, you know, so you start to see where these things start to, start to fall apart, right? So I get there and the the, the young lady goes to pull, I give her my ticket, she goes to get the matching ticket or whatever, she does her thing, um, and it's not there. So this conversation goes on, the gentleman comes over, the supervisor and he says, hey, he said, um, so this ticket is a, a, a third class felony. <clears throat> and I said, it's an expired registration. How, how on earth is that a third class felony? And he said, well, it's because it's an out of state registration. So a little bit more of the backstory. I had moved from Alabama to, to Arizona and in there is where this registration expired and I had lost some paperwork, which is why I was having trouble getting the vehicle registered. <clears throat> um, so uh, the ticket was written as an out of state expired registration. The guy tells me it's a felony. You have to go see the judge. <clears throat> and I said, well, shit. I gotta, I gotta be to work, right? Like, all right, right. right, right. luckily, right. I'm a retail store manager. I'm the boss. I call my store. I let my management staff know I'm going to be late today. Right. So again, I've got some privileges, right? Like, so I go in and sit in the courtroom and of course, like I'm the last guy on the docket list or whatever. Right. So I'm having to sit there and just watch as the whole day goes on, watch all these people in front of the judge. And so I'm sitting here watching this. And so what would happen is, person XYZ would walk up to the bench. He's got a ticket, uh, you know, his third, third speeding ticket. He hasn't paid the last two. He hasn't paid this one. And the judge says, um, so you owe in court costs, you know, back tickets, whatever you owe $1,375. And he says, "Oh uh, yeah. So then the judge says, well, how much can you afford to pay today? And the guy says, well i got 50 bucks right and the judge basically says well that's not enough can you pay 350 today and the guy says well no your honor i've got 50 dollars. i can pay 50. and so the judge says off to jail you go <clears throat> right so then the next guy comes up right same thing right You know, what did you get pulled over for? I got like, I remember one guy, specifically I remember one guy's ticket was jaywalking. um, And it was like a $75 fine. Judge says, you know, well, do you have the $75? You know, no, no, your honor, I don't. I've got $25. And the judge says, well, I'll split the difference with you. Do you have 50? Your honor, I got $25. Off to jail you go. And as this this day goes on, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, I'm like, are these guys being... Like I feel like they're there it's it's like a shakedown. Like yeah. is this is this court?
0: Wow. Yeah
1: is this You're court or is this the mafia, right? Like like which one and so and I get up there, right? So remind you, I still remember this day. It was a $318 ticket. So I get up there, tell the judge, you know, he he kind of You know, whatever. I I take my beating, right? He's like, well, why did why did this happen, Your Honor? Look, it it happened. I'm prepared to make restitution for the mistake I made. I just don't, you know, I don't know why I'm here. You know. Yeah. And so he says, well, um, you're aware that this is a third class felony, and I'm like, yeah. And then I get the whole, I can throw you in jail right now. I'm like, yep, I get it. I've been watching you throw. I'm thinking to myself, I've been watching (laughs) you throw people in jail all day. Um, and I said, look, I said. I, I tell him the, the long backstory as to why I was in the position I was in. And I basically, he says, um, you know, do you plead guilty or not guilty? And I said, um, I plead not guilty. And he says, well, why do you plead not guilty? And I said, because it's a felony. And he said, but you basically just admitted to me that you did it. And I said, well, I did it. I said, but I, I, look, I came here this morning with a $318 money order, prepared to pay a, a ticket for a, a tag that was expired on my plate. Now I'm being told that I've committed a felony and here's the wild card. I was a store manager for a national retailer and a lot of people don't realize a sporting goods retailer and a lot of people don't realize that um, it's the individual store managers at those retailers that hold the firearm license for the store that's not the store, right? So so Derek Brown Inc. doesn't hold the federal firearms license. Derek Brown holds a federal firearms license. Well, guess what you can't hold with a felony? Firearms license. (laughs) Firearms license. You're fired. So guess guess what happens to Dennis beyond that? So I tell the judge this, right? Like I, I tell him that I said, look, I said, I didn't, I came down here to pay a $318 ticket for an expired tag. I get here this morning, I'm being told I committed a third class felony or whatever the verbiage he used. I haven't had a chance to consult with an attorney. I was told I had to come in here and talk to you today, or I was going to be put in jail. A bench warrant was going to be issued for me. So here I am, admittedly, your honor, pretty uneducated. And because of the job that I hold, I can't plead guilty. I'm not going to plead guilty to a felony without consulting an attorney. And so he looks at me and he goes, it's quite a predicament you're in, isn't it? And I'm thinking to myself, like, again, like, 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 look, I'm a pretty law abiding citizen that I believe contributes to society. I pay, I pay a lot of taxes, right? Like I I do, I I do my part, like, and and here I am, you know? And so basically, so, so he says, okay, he says, so let's do this. How much are you prepared to pay today? We start going down, we start going down that. And I said, well, your honor, I said, I'm prepared to pay $318. And he says, tell you what I'll do. I'll throw out the out of state expired registration. I'll give you a seatbelt violation, a light, you know, a a light out ticket, and I'll change the expired registration from out of state to in state. And he, so he says with court costs and this, that, and the other, it's going to be like $1,200. Wow. He says, can you pay that? I'm thinking to myself, well, I I guess yeah, <laughs> right. Like <laughs> I mean, like if that's how this is going to go. Myself up. And again, I think to myself, how lucky, privileged, privileged. pick a word, right? Yes. Um, that I am, that I'm not this guy, this other guy who has a fifty dollar ticket or a seventy five dollar ticket that can't afford to pay more than twenty five. Right, like. I mean, I'd have just been carted off to jail that day, That's right? It. Like, and, 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 and that then, goes then. back then, and,
0: to the point, right? Local elections, they matter. They really, really, you got yep. to know. This
1: was a local judge. This was, I mean, I don't know what, uh, it was traffic court, basically. It was traffic I mean, is what, is, is what I was in, right? Like, I mean, everybody was in there with speeding tickets and expired. I mean, I wasn't there for an expired registration. Exactly. And, and as
0: we come about this, right, from the divide yep. and understanding and all of that, right? Right. What you just called out in the story, Dennis, is the fact that in a local setting, you went to take care of what
1: would really be considered a minor issue that related to your tag. And it's a, you know, and a I fixed trade. the And I fixed the issue. I was just ready at that point to pay the fine, yeah, right? Really, like- <laughs> It was all done. Right. But you, got, you went through a shakedown. You were, you,
0: you were actually, you were threatened. You were threatened with yeah. a felony a jail sentence, the termination from your employment, complete career derailment, who knows what else would have come by that level of circumstance, all those events. And what we wanna tell the folks who are listening is, at the bottom line past all that bullshit is why voting matters. Yep. That's why voting matters. And local voting really matters. Yeah, (laughs) vote because (laughs) you're selfish and you don't wanna find yourself in a position well, you can be railroaded by an asshole.
1: Well, and even at a national level, like my, you know, my, my plea to to those kids or young people that are sitting or old people, whatever, that are yeah. sitting at home saying my vote doesn't count. And I get it, right? Like, let, let's throw out the electoral college for a second. I get sure. it, right? Like, I, I live in Georgia and X millions of people vote for the president and Donald Trump won Georgia by X hundreds of thousands or yeah. millions. I don't know what the numbers were. How would my one vote have mattered? It's it's an exponential problem. The problem is, is you think your vote doesn't count and you tell 20 of your friends your vote doesn't count and you guys shouldn't vote either. And then those 21 guys and girls sit in their back porch or their basement watching football all saying, yeah, my vote doesn't count and then all 20 of those people go and tell 20 of their friends and then all of those 40 people that you know and so next thing you know you've got a million people very quickly you you've got a million people not voting because of you like you started that that trail of tears right because yeah. you told 20 people who told 20 people who told you know it's exponential math right like and so be selfish go vote, encourage your friends to vote, get educated on your vote. Like I'm not one that just says go into blindly into now where that gets really tricky. Isn't even just the, the judges, the city councilmen, the the commissioners and things of that nature. You're also voting on policy, right? Like there's certain things that go on in the town that you're voting on this amendment happening or this not happening sploss money, taxes, increases, things of that nature, right? Like, you talk about impacting your pocketbook, talk about impacting your, 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 uh, your savings account, your checking account, or just your piggy bank, whatever. Like it's some of those policies that, you know, and, and that's where people, I find people are really uneducated. Like you get in there, you haven't looked at a sample ballot and it's like, we want you to vote on proc 147.2.1 and then it's 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 a paragraph of legal jargon that you don't understand yeah. right and then the problem is is that the 20 people who have a political motivation to get that bill passed are the ones that understand how to vote for it so you don't vote for it because you don't understand it but the 20 people who want that thing or the 2,000 people that want that thing to pass are all going to go vote for it They're and good. everybody else is going to abstain from that one mm-hmm. and it's good I see it happen all the time all locally yeah and time. All the time, and they wonder why their tax, their property tax bill and went exactly. <laughs> and, and, and they, and didn't they look, vote,
0: and they look bewildered, and they're like, right. "How did that happen?" Right. To your point, you're not active. That's and you know, and we, we got to come back and talk about that later too, Dennis. Because at the end of the day, what folks have to understand is that y'all, y'all want American freedom. American freedom is complex. It requires homework, and that's mm-hmm. the bottom line. You want your liberty, then you got to go out there and understand it. And that yeah. really is a true factor. And we're not saying you got to. It's not calculus but it does require mm-hmm. some lift. I don't care your current circumstance. If you really care about what is happening to you and yours, you got to make an effort. You got to make an, uh, an effort to understand who's running for County
1: Commissioner, literally, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm.
0: what they plan on doing to you.
1: Look, because we, we don't re- very often talk about local stuff, but I mean, isn't there somebody in Gwinnett County or, or some yep. somebody around here that's in a, is it a Georgia representative race or is it a Congress race? It's one or the other.
0: Yeah, we've got a whole host. We're going to come back around on that one. I got and
1: there's a, the one I woman that a there's a the one woman that's like, that's like crazy, like, like literally crazy. Like she believes in, she believes 9-11 was a government job. She like, she believes all these crazy, Oh, she's one of the ones that believes that um, all me. of our, all of our uh, presidents are pedophiles that are part of the Jeffrey Epstein that like, yeah. And, and and her opponent uh dropped out of the race mysteriously although i think what it's turned out is that his wife served him with divorce papers like (laughs) the day of the election or something like that so he had to drop out yeah um but like so now she's being running now she's running unopposed right and we wonder how extremists end up in office. Yeah. This is how extremists end up in office, yeah.
0: right? Like yeah. And we don't pay attention to the tail of the tape. Yeah. We gotta do that. We gotta start putting in the time. Well, as ever, man, you know, we we go through this stuff lightning fast. I um I wanna close out again on something that you you went back and said earlier, you know. Um, and it just all comes back to the same, same tenant, same mandate. We've got to vote on November third. It matters. You know, however this plays out with, you know, um, Justice Ginsburg's uh, seat, it is what it is. But we try to have faith in is what you call out the sacred document at the founding of our nation, despite the peculiar piece at its root. We work our way through that and we close the ideological divide because we know that's the right thing to do. And we believe in America. You know, I'm an American. You're an American. You know, I believe in seeing the differences of ethnicity that, you know, you're in the wrong place. If you if you say, I don't see color, we don't need to do any of that nonsense. We need to see each other for all of our differences, embrace them, and figure out how to do what's right. And all of that will continue to be important as we slide into November 3rd. However, this thing with the Supreme Court plays out. You know, um, I've already heard a few people talk about, you know, I'm going to move to Wherever, after the fact, if things don't go, however, I'm not going any damn where.
1: So <laughs> I'm sticking around. I don't think I had anywhere to go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, however it plays out, Dennis, you and I will work this thing out. Mm-hmm. And um, the institutions will be, you know, the way they are. And, you know, the country has been at worst places. Just, it you know, has. We'll have some faith that it, we don't go back that far. We're in challenging times, but we got to stick together to figure it out
1: this ain't the worst of times and it, it unfortunately it probably ain't the worst it's ever going to be. It's yeah. probably not the best it's ever going to be. And like you said, it's not the worst it's ever been. And it's also certainly, certainly not the best it's ever been. So all we can do is just keep working at it. Right.
0: Exactly.
1: Exactly.
0: Well, Dennis Murakon, thank you for spending some time with us again on HG edges. We got to do it again.
1: Anytime, soon. anytime, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. All right now, brother. See ya.
0: It's always a good show when Dennis is on the mic. We sincerely hope you enjoyed this episode, so please like and subscribe. Tell your family. Tell your friends. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Etch The Edges. And don't forget to visit our website at etchtheedges.com. Check us out and pick up some of that swag that will express your commitment to the cause. The cause of a better America where we all can stand together at the mountaintop. Do it for America. Be good to yourselves and each other. We'll see you next time.